going to continue on today in a series we just started uh, over the last couple of weeks. I'm calling it Now and Forever. And in this series, we're talking about this amazing life that we have in Christ. And we, we started last week, and we looked at a couple of verses. I talked about John 10.10, 10, uh, where the enemy, you know, we, we find out about him. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And it's that full and abundant life that I want to make sure we're experiencing, all of us. It's now and forever. And we live in this amazing sort of uh, tension between the, the now and forever part of this life. And, and when we step into it, um, we can experience life in that full and abundant way that, that Jesus came for us to have. Uh, we have to be aware of the fact that we have a very real enemy, who we read about, uh, who is trying to steal that very life from us. And he's crafty. And we want to make sure that we're exposing his tricks so that we don't fall for them. So we get to experience now and forever this amazing, full and abundant life that we have in Christ. So we're going to dig more into that today in just a moment. That's the intro. Transition. Always a bad uh, joke or two. Um, why do flamingos hold one of their legs up when they're sleeping? Because if they held them both up, they'd fall over. I know, I know, I know. But listen, so I was, and, and so I, I, had, I wanted to go find out why they actually do that. I'll, I'll tell you, the actual reason is that they, they lose their body heat through their feet. And so when they, when they sleep like that, they retain some of their body heat. But that's not nearly as funny as mine. So uh, <laughs> I like mine better. Get a visual, it's funnier. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, have you heard the latest scandal? Dr. Pepper was drunk at a party. Give it a minute. Just give it a minute. Explain it to your neighbor. They drank Dr. Pepper. Ah, thank you. Like five minutes into the last service, somebody went, oh! And I enjoyed it. So, Last week, we were, we were talking uh, as we engage in this, this now and forever life, and, you know, I, I said to you that um, this, everybody's living a lifetime, that we have a lifestyle. Our lifestyle is based on our belief system, and, and we, we, we got into that, and in the course of that, I said that God is very interested in you, and that He created you to love you, and that your life matters, and that we all have a purpose in this life. So today, what I want to do is, with that in mind, is I want to dig a little deeper and um, we're going to talk about what our response should be to his interest in us and what that looks like. Scripture reading for today, Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Very powerful passage about living this life. We, you know, Paul tells us to be careful, not to be careless about our life. We're to be thoughtful about it. We're to be wise about it. Um, he says, make the most of every opportunity and understand what the Lord wants me to do. And so we're to be engaging in this life so that we sort of know what the Lord would have for us. And I think most of us, sort of, that's a great question that we're all, well, what does God want me to do? What does that look like? What am I supposed to do? And uh, so I want to start by talking about that, and we'll obviously be digging uh, into that in the weeks ahead. So point number one in your notes, what does God want me to do? What does He want me to do? 
Now, in a practical way, I talk about this pretty often, uh, and I've, I've told you that people will sometimes ask me, well, you know, how do I know the Lord's will for my life? What is the Lord's will for my life? And I'll say, it's, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how we sort of ultimately figure that out for each person. But what I do know is in a practical sense, what we want to do is we want to live by trying to do the next right thing. You've, you've heard that like 10,000 times. Um, live by doing the next right thing. And that as we press on in that life with the, hope, uh, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that as we do the next right thing, we're, we're entering into and engaging in the Lord's will. And that's what He wants from us. But um, in, a, in a broader sense, you know, so what do, what do we say about that? How, how do I know what He wants me to do? And I would say that, that in, a, in a nutshell, what He wants is He wants you to put Him first in everything. That that's what God wants for you. To put Him first in everything. Now, I want to read you a verse out of Matthew 6, And this verse I want you to think about this week and really hang on to. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That verse has meant a lot to me throughout the years. And if you've never sort of noticed it, that is the verse that we have hanging on the wall over there. And it's on a great big sign. And we put it up there back in 1993. It's been there a very long time. Because to me, it sort of is the place where this life um, is, is explained to us. It's a verse that we need to grab a hold of and, and continue to press in on until it, it makes sense. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And all the things that, are, that He's talking about, there's kind of everything else that goes around us. And so we're to seek Him first. Put God first. That's what He wants from us. C.S. Lewis once said that the only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. It cannot be just moderately important. It's this life, this amazing life that we have in Christ deserves your entire life. It deserves to be first place in your life. And, and it's important that we understand that that's what we're pressing into in this temporal part of life. Jesus told this great story one time to illustrate the kind of excuses that we give for not putting God first. And the story's in Luke 14, verses 16 through 20. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. It's interesting, I think, when you look at it. The first guy uses his wealth as an excuse. The second guy uses his work as an excuse. And the third guy uses his wife as an excuse. Isn't that interesting? Because if you think about life, you know, those are the things that tend to get in the way of us putting God first. We're, we're either so busy, you know, trying to uh, gather and acquire and, and, you know, get stuff, or we just get busy in life, you know, just going, 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 or, you know, our, our relationships get out of sorts and those sort of things, and, and so there's these excuses for not putting God first. But here's the amazing thing about why that verse has been up where it's been for so long. Here's the amazing kingdom dynamic about life. When you seek Him first, when you put God first in your life, in everything that you do, He takes care of all those other things. And He's way better at it than we are. He's just so much better at this, this whole deal than we are. 
And, and so we get stuck, though, because we keep thinking, well, if I can only get these things worked out in my life, then I'm going to experience life. But God is saying this whole time, no, no, what you need to do, get me first in your life, and then I will help you get those things worked out because everything will be in the right priority. See, that's what life uh, sort of comes down to. That's the amazing kingdom of God dynamic. Seek him first, his righteousness, his way of doing things, his life. And then he says, I'll take care of all these other things. So, so that's the dynamic of what we're doing. For He takes care of all those things. So, second, well, then how do I do that? How do I put God first? What does that look like? Fortunately, God gives us a, a way to get started with those things. Now, I'm going to read you a verse. I'm going to read the same verse out of three different translations because there's a word in there, and I want to give you some variants of the word that keep popping up so that we can talk about it. So bear with me. 1 Timothy 4, 7, out of the NIV. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. 1 Timothy 4, 7, out of the New King James. But reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. Same verse, New American Standard. Have nothing to do with worldly fables. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So the word that I'm going after, and the, there's the same word in the, in the original language, but, you know, for us in the translations, here, here are the words. Because you may not like these words. Train, exercise, discipline. Sometimes those are not our favorite words. And yet the reality is this. So as a follower of Christ, you know, we're known as disciples of Jesus, and you, you can't really be a disciple without discipline because it's the same word. And so it's something that we need to embrace and understand. And I think that word, though, means a lot of different things to different people. And what I'm talking about in, in the sense of this word, train, exercise, discipline, um, is, is delayed gratification. That's what, what discipline is. It's, it's doing the difficult now to enjoy the benefit later. Doing the thing I don't want to do or I don't feel like doing now to see the benefit that comes into life later. And see, that's part of this life that we have to engage. Now, the other thing I want to be careful of when I talk about discipline, and, and we're going to talk about spiritual disciplines in a moment, is that what you don't hear me saying is, okay, great. What we're going to have is a whole bunch of rules that we're going to follow, and that's where we're going to have life. That doesn't work because uh, rule followers don't really enjoy life uh, and because they're miserable to be around because we don't operate that way. We, we live in grace and, and uh, we're, we're to listen to the Holy Spirit and He leads and guides us and He shows us what we should do and what we shouldn't do. And, and you know, if we short circuit that, if we sometimes we try and find shortcuts, we'll just make a bunch of rules and say, well, these are the things that you do and these are the things that you don't do and here's your rules. And if you know any people like that, they tend not to be real pleasant. It's a terrible way to live because it's, there's no life in it, see? And so when I talk about spiritual discipline, I'm not talking about, okay, here come the rules and it's all a miserable, hard thing. See, that's not it at all. This life that we have in Christ, it's, it's amazing. It's an adventure. It's a, it's a joy. It has purpose. It has meaning. And certainly, you know, we live in a, in a fallen world on a broken planet, and we have to deal with difficult things. I mean, we, we just had a category for a hurricane, it seemed like, just the other day. And, and the, the fallout from that, you know, we're still struggling with. But 
this life that we have now that leads on in him forever is the best life that's available, and it's an awesome life. In the midst of all those things, he's with us, and he's for us, and he's got us, and he loves us, and there's, there's nothing quite like that. I look at the times like this, I wonder how in the world people are doing it without Jesus. When, when, when you know, all those things were happening after the storm and people would come in, Alice and I were here, and literally for two weeks, everybody that came in just began to weep when they would see us. And, and, and you know, and the, and the ones that had a, a hold on Jesus, I, I was thankful for that. And the ones who don't yet, I was like, I don't know how you get up in the day. That's how, you know, important he is in, in life, and, and he brings us life. So when I talk about discipline, if we call it that way, um, you know, don't think it's, oh, it's a bunch of rules. It's a, it's a life that we have that's amazing. Uh, so I'm going to give it a different word as we move forward. Rather than training or exercise or discipline, because we may not like those words, we're going to call it and talk about habits. Habits may be a little better word. Because all of us, I think, pretty honestly, would say we got some habits in our lives. Anybody here got some good habits in your life? Anybody got any bad habits? Yeah. Oh, more hands went up for bad habits. How about that? <laughs> See, so ultimately what we're going to move forward on in this in this series together is is trying to put into place some good spiritual habits because your life is ultimately defined by your habits that's why they're so important um, if i want to be an honest person a person of integrity then i need to habitually be honest and have in integrity that's how it happens if i want to be a person that has good relationships i need to invest time in those relationships uh, you know, as a habit. It needs to be part of what I do. Uh, if I want to have a good relationship with God, I need to develop that relationship, and it needs to be something I do. It needs to become a habit in my life. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, your character is what you habitually do. So that's really fascinating how it all ties together. So we want to make sure that we're, we're moving into developing good habits, not rule-following, good, healthy life spiritual dynamic habits and getting rid of some of the other ones. Uh, the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 12.1 said, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So, so because of and what, what the writer is talking about there is all the people of faith that went on before us, because we can see how amazing this life is um, that we have available to us in Christ. Because of that, we're to, um, you know, be getting rid of this mess that hinders us and, and, and that takes us down and, and really embrace the things that he wants us to do so that we can live life. Remember, it's a struggle. The reason it's even difficult is because we have an enemy who's so sneaky that he's trying to keep you away from moving into this amazing life that God has said. It's his stated message. I've come to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't want you to experience life. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life. And there goes the dynamic. And this enemy is constantly trying to keep us from engaging in this life that we have and, and deepening our relationship with God. He's trying to keep us busy, and he throws guilt into the mix, and he throws shame into the mix, and he lies to us, and he makes us think, well, I don't feel like doing that right now, or why? And all these things. See, he's he's purposeful in it. So we need to be purposeful in engaging in the life that we're called to so we get to experience it fully in Him. And, and when we're experiencing fully, it impacts people around us because they're, they're looking for that. It's an amazing deal that we have. So, so how do we do it? Well, it takes a little discipline. It takes developing some good habits. It takes some spiritual exercises, some spiritual training. 
But, but don't, when we start talking about some of those things, don't just push them off as they're, they're amazing to embrace. Well, why should I do it? What's my motivation? We all need to have a motivation to make good choices in our life. And, and uh, because there is an effort. And certainly in this life, there's all kinds of benefits that I could talk about. You know, we could just get onto eternity and talk about that. But, but the motivation for doing these things, listen, all moves back to what took place at the cross. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And He, Jesus, died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. See, Jesus came and, and He gave His life completely for you, and He wants your life completely in return. But here's why I started this sermon the way I did today. What you need to see is this. So he gave it completely for you. He wants you to give it completely to him. And then what happens? He swoops in and he takes care of everything else. He comes in and he gives you full and abundant now and forever life. Because our response is, well, Lord, you already did everything for me at the cross. You've made a way for me to be reconciled to God. And we go, it's worth it all. Even if that was it, it's worth it all. And he goes, that's it. Now give me your life. And, and here you go. And he comes and he begins to give us this amazing life now. Think about what he wants. Think about what full and abundant means. Not just existing, not just getting through the day, not just kind of waking up and wishing you could go back to bed, not just kind of muddling through this life that he has for us to experience now. Because it's an adventure and it's got purpose and your life matters and it has meaning and he loves you and he's with you and he's for you and he's, he's got you and he's present. See, that's, that's this amazing life that we've, we've found our way into by his amazing grace. And, and that's the life that he wants us to experience for our sake and for the sake of the people around us and to give him glory, which is what it's all about. I said we were designed for glorious living last week, that our lives would, would glorify him. And, and, and that's what they do. So this week, two things. Here's a response. I know I have another verse in there. Because of all that, Paul says this, Romans 12, 1. Therefore I urge you, in view of God's mercy, His grace, His goodness, His life He's given to us, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So as, as part of our worship, we're, we're coming to Him and we're just offering Him all that we are. And He is coming back and He is pouring out life into us, full and abundant, now and forever life. And, and that's this amazing life, this now and forever life that we have in Him. Think this week about Matthew 6.33. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. I encourage you, go read it up in your Bibles. Read it in context. Read what's going on around it and see how amazing that verse is. And just really dwell on that this week. And next week, we're going to uh, continue on and press into more of this now and forever life that we have in Christ. Amen? Ministry team, those are here. Why don't you head over the wall? People on the way out of that wall are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. They'll pray for your healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got. Let me pray for you as a group, and then we'll have breakfast and dismiss. Father, we are so thankful for who you are, for your amazing love for us. You're such an awesome God. Thank you for this life that you came to bring us, full and abundant now and forever. And, and I pray, Lord, that as we continue to press in and and study your word and, and 
and pray and invite you into every area of our life. That, Lord, not only would we be changed, but it would indeed impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. And ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are such an awesome God. If you need prayer today for anything, healing, relationships, problems, finances, situations, whatever, just go over there and ask someone to pray for you, and they will. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's take care of that today as well, too. It's, a, it's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which you'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. If you have never prayed a prayer like that, I want to encourage you to do it today. Do it now. And if you need help, just go over there and ask somebody. I want to know Jesus. All you got to say to them, they'll know exactly what you need. And they'll help you through that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I want to encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. Everybody that makes it possible. Draw people into the 11 o'clock service today. You are amazing. Praise God from whom all blessings. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayer's over there. Breakfast is in the back. As you go... Drive safely, stay warm. If you're going fishing, I hope it pays off and you catch some fish. Hope your team wins. See you later. Bye.